and this is Art Star Scene Radio. I am Face Boy. I am Face Girl. I'm Juno Tempest. With us in the studio is Lucille Tiamore. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Woo! Folks, if you don't tune in at six, you're, you're, you're missing out. Because Jamie, he, he, he gets the guests pumped up. The great TJ. It is too much. This episode is going to be a little too much for some. And uh, hopefully just right for others. So we have some serious things that we're going to be discussing this week. But uh, before we get into it... Uh... We almost got into it. What's that? Never mind. <laughs> What are you talking about? No, I'm being inappropriate, but I'm also being uninformative. <laughs> so before we get into the serious subject matter, um, last Sunday, our guest, my girlfriend, Lucille, came over for the big game. I'm talking about the Puppy Bowl. Oh, goodness. The 15th <laughs> annual Puppy Bowl. And we... Uh, my team won. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of noise, but you know that's just a transition. That'll that'll uh, stop pretty soon. Ch -ch changes. My, my transition seems smooth. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we we took we took sides. I was a uh, team bluff, and she was team rough. And I said, let's make it interesting. Let's let's make some bets on the game. And she goes, no, that's not interesting unless it's sex bets. And I was like, okay, we can do that. And so my team gets a touchdown, and I try to be subtle, you know? Just don't go don't go right for the jump. And I'm like, kiss me here, and I point to my neck. And then her team gets a touchdown, pulls down her pants, kiss it. <laughs> no subtlety. No subtlety. But anyway, and her team won. <laughs> you seem to miss, we missed how that ended sexually, but that's cool. No, nah, you didn't miss too much. It's really bothering me. Well, it's they'll they'll be out of here pretty soon. I uh, okay. Okay. You can't. No, no, never mind. I'm saying. upset. Why? <laughs> well, before we get into stuff, how was your week? My week was busy. Good busy? Uh, not really. Okay. I spent way too much time, uh, like redoing a project. Um, that I should have had done like two weeks ago and i was just like it's too fucking broken okay and yeah and now i've got another project due on monday and i have barely started because i was too busy like fixing the last project okay Catherine, how was your week terrible want to talk about it no all right hi nelly <laughs> like everything's terrible nelly um nothing is good and uh I'm terrified. I know you're scared. Yeah. You Well, now that we brought it up, you got an eviction notice today. True. Like a real one with a court date. No oh, court Jesus. Date, yeah. That fucking sucks. That's very yeah. scary. But uh, hopefully you'll be able to no negotiate something with your landlord. And as I mentioned, courts and uh, laws greatly, greatly are on the tenant side, especially in New York City. 
Well, I hope so, because I was reading some things and um, they were basically saying that, like, I don't know, you have to, like, do all this paperwork shit to just go to court, period. And I'm like, I don't do paperwork. I'm not good at that. Like, this is this is the worst thing ever. Well, if you don't get a settlement, if you don't reach an agreement with your landlord, then we're going to talk about finding some sort of free legal representation for you. Okay. Awesome. We'll do an episode on it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So about two weeks ago, a woman by the name of Tara Condell, which was a friend and nutritionist to Lucille, um, put a note on her website. Uh, something like, I don't like to say goodbye, so let's say see you later. And it was a suicide note. It was It was more cold than that. It was like, see you later, maybe. Mm-hmm. And she followed through and took her own life. And so we want to talk about some of the causes, some of the preventions. And I want to give you some statistics that I've recently learned. Just to bring home how serious this is. It is the 10th cause of death in the U.S. The 10th leading cause of death in the United States. It is the second leading cause of death for people between the ages of 10 and 34, approximately between 800,000 to a million people a year take their own lives. That's one in every 40 seconds. Males are four times more likely than females to take their lives. And women are more likely than men to make attempts. Firearms is the leading cause for men, and poisoning is the leading cause for women. That's why. Nine out of ten have a mental health condition, usually depression. But rates drastically decrease once admitted to treatment. So if you go for help, your chances are going to be much better for coming out of this thing quite literally alive. We're going to talk about things that don't work or might be ineffective. But uh, let's um, let's start with some of the things that you've been going through, Lucille. Um. Well, my best friend also took himself that way so it's just been um bringing up a lot of like old wounds and um it it's i sometimes worry that there just really isn't enough for people me and Catherine have been talking about people need more of a community mm-hmm. um calling a suicide hotline it's i mean i've called them before they're very jarring and they're they sometimes yell at you I don't know yeah. if anyone else has had that experience. I've had be- very, very bad experiences with suicide hotlines. Yeah. To the point where it's like, well, I'm not suicidal anymore because I'm too fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so they're effective. Great. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have not uh, had the experience of them fighting with me, but I did get into, I had called like a religious one, not realizing it was a religious one. And then they got all Jesus shit on me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why would you choose this moment to push your agenda? And they're like, do you know what you called? And then I was like, oh, suddenly I'm the asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you like that bait and fucking switch? Well, I mean, it said something somewhere that would indicate that it might be religious. I forget what. I mean, like this, the National Suicide Hotline is a conglomeration of uh, different like suicide hotline. uh, It's like a a conglomerate network of different suicide hotlines all over the U.S. So you never know who you're going to get. 
It's like that fucking bullshit Forrest Gump quote, but like worse and about suicide. <laughs> the suicide hotline is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. This one's actually charcoal. <laughs> so, and another thing I did in preparation for this show is I called a number of different hotlines uh, that are there to help for different reasons. And the same thing happened each time. I didn't get a person. I got a pre-record. If you would like to talk about, if you are in this situation, blah, 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 press if one. If you are attempting suicide by gun, <laughs> press one. If you are attempting suicide by poison, press seven. Speaking of poison. If you are male, <laughs> press two. Faceway, can I have some of your, uh, yeah, I, I will need this very badly tonight. Yeah. Oh, I brought whiskey. Yeah. I saw. It's an adult beverage. I'm an adult <laughs> who does adult things like get old and hurt all the time. <laughs> so we're already kind of answering this question, but I'm going to put it out there again as a question. Is the suicide hotline uh, ineffective or worse? I'm not even going to ask if it's effective, but I will say it is effective for some I'm not against its existence by any means. Um, I think that it's good that there is something there that is trying. I just don't think that that it's set up very well or that the counselors are trained very well. Does that ring any bells for anybody here? I wouldn't even just put it at the suicide hotline alone. I would say mental health in general. But yeah, also yeah. the last resort. I um, I've actually gone through training for... What is that? Is it just like something? I don't know. I'm very easily distractible. You've gone through training and that's all. I've gone through training for uh, Trans Lifeline, which is a suicide hotline staffed by exclusively trans volunteers. Um, And there are a few regular staff who are really, really amazing. However... Um, due to uh, funding issues, they're usually very, very understaffed because, you know, I don't know a single trans person who has not at least thought about suicide. And like, I don't think I realistically know a trans person who has not attempted suicide. Um, And that's actually been a disqualifying factor for me when like applying for uh, like research studies. Like, for HIV uh, medication, like injectable prep, um, when they asked me, like, have you have you had a history of suicidal ideation? And I answered stupidly, very honestly, yes. And they were like, well, that, uh, that actually disqualifies you from this study where you can make $2,500 in the next two years. Because they don't want you to be a statistic that kills themselves. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, you realize, so like I had to have a conversation with a woman who was in charge of like admissions interviews or whatever. And I'm like, well, have you admitted any trans people to this study? And she said, yes. And I'm like, well, then they were fucking lying to you. The the statistics are staggering for trans people and suicide. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like I've... (laughs) I've attempted suicide seriously in New York, I think, twice. Um, And, like, 
Catherine was there with me when I overdosed on drugs because I was just like so upset with my life that I was doing all the drugs, uh, you know, in a spiral. You know, it like shit like that happens. But I have gone through like suicide hotline training with Trans Lifeline. Um, if you have any money and you don't feel like giving it to me uh, via Venmo at Juno Tempest so I can pay my fucking rent for February and maybe for March because I'm like super close to losing my housing for lack of funds, uh, you should donate to Trans Lifeline. Um, just look up Trans Lifeline uh, on Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever fucking search engine you feel like using and donate to them. Um, because the more money, the more funding that they receive, the more they can afford to train people. Like, I have yet to work a shift on the phones because I've been such a disaster I didn't want to make anyone else's life worse or my own life worse because, you know, I don't have a fucking handle on myself. Um, but I have been through the training and it's extensive and they talk a lot about empathy and, um, of course, and about like positive redirection, but positive redirection in a way that like brings in, like helps reel in the the person calling um like one of the most effective uh one of the most effective operators at trans lifeline um i had a very good conversation with him about how to de-escalate and he was just like well yeah like ask ask about like the last time they felt happy and if it's been a while you know that's that's real but also like Ask them what about that made them happy. Get them focusing on something positive. Like, because once you see, like, a little bit of light, when <laughs> all you've been seeing so for so long is darkness, like, that, that can, like, give you a little glimmer of hope. Yeah, as opposed to um, what do you think is the, at the root of your despair? Oh, God, those fucking that? formulaic bullshit yes. uh, questions yeah they do yeah so let's talk about that so that I can cry myself about it face <laughs> <laughs> boy yes whiskey please thank you yeah face boy is deliberately keeping it over there just FYI because yeah, of me yeah. Oh, she, yeah, I'm she sorry. drank half of it before the show even started or a quarter I did not drink half a quarter oh, I good. thought it was all of it and I was cheering her on, so I'm disappointed. She, she didn't stop me at all. Yeah, I, I knew she wouldn't. That's no, I, I saw it happening out of the corner of my corner of my eye. And I'm like, no, my problem. Yeah, like, no, my problem. I like monitor her. So I said it jokingly because I know monitoring her is. Like, and I'm enabling. Have some more. Have some more. I'm enabling. I think I pretty much said like, oh yeah, she's gonna finish it, and I'm gonna join her. <laughs> like, don't make me monitor shit. And I do want to say it's true that uh, alcohol and substance abuse is, is also a big contributing factor. Yeah. But we're going to have some whiskey while we talk about this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. I did cocaine last night for the first time in a while. But in a sub celebratory fashion, because me and Ragamuffin... Uh, <laughs> Are you outing other people for doing cocaine? <laughs> I Oh, no, sorry. 
Me and yeah, Ragamuffin. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it wasn't with this person. Anyone who knows her knows that she puts things in her nose. You know, come on. <laughs> Anyone who knows her knows knows her nose likes candy. Yeah. Um. But like, me and Raga got into it during a. Uh, what is going on with my fucking headphones? I don't. I have no idea. This is really. This disturbing. is definitely the most interesting part of your story. I know. Shut up. I hate when people talk about tech shit. It makes me so mad. And it's like distracting in my ears because I can't fucking hear. Um, But yeah, so me and me and Raga had a business meeting and talked it out because like I called her out uh, publicly on Facebook at like three or four in the morning one one day. Uh, And like we just got fucking into it. But it turns out we were both just like laying in bed naked like talking shit on Facebook, having a grand old time. Like both of us were having fun. Uh, and so we had like a little meeting. Like I did cocaine. I don't know. I don't, I can't speak to Raga doing it. I, I didn't witness <laughs> Although that. Although you already did. Uh, no, okay. I, I said we went into the bathroom and I did coke. Okay. Uh, but I didn't do a lot. I just did a bump. And it, you know, <laughs> so now I, I know whose coke it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. Yeah. No, I got to be careful when I actually have income because I do like cocaine. Yeah, don't buy that. But it's so fleeting. I've never liked it. Anyway, uh, yeah, substances they can contribute to suicidal ideation. I don't know if they contribute to suicidal ideation or people who are suicidal. Use substances. Yeah, to self-medicate, and then they're like, well, fuck it, and then they, they they call it. It's a vicious cycle. So I don't know that, that like, it's causation. Yeah. Drugs are good. I'm not going to go that far. I wasn't saying that. <laughs> I'm not not saying that, but I'm not saying that. Uh, yeah, this conversation just makes me think about how, like, pitiful my life feels right now. Well, we're going to get into some positive stuff. We're going to get into things that actually help. Like the last but, time you were happy. But Oh, uh, my God. Barf. But it's important, I think, for us to talk about this. There are so many people that experience these feelings. There are people who have been affected by other people committing suicide. And there are people that think about it and, and don't know where to turn. And we're going to try to... We're going to try to actually help on this show. And one of the things that actually helps is just talking about it. You know, there's some, there's going to be some other trans girl out there right now hearing your voice and feeling less alone. I know that's true. And uh, there's going to be some 50 something dude hearing my voice and feeling a little less alone. We're all still here and we're, we're all at risk. And we're all still here. And, and I'm going to. I think we're going to find ways to help each other stay here. I think we already have found ways to help each other stay here. <laughs> I'm looking at you, like, Catherine. Like why? Family. <laughs> family. I'll tell you why. Go on. We had a phone conversation not too long ago mm-hmm. where Catherine said, you know, when I met you, I felt extremely suicidal. Yeah, I know. And she said, you know, now I don't feel so much that way. I said, I know. I said, you know, a lot of that has to do with you. And I said, I know. 
I think you were also feeling not so good at the time too, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I don't talk about stuff, but let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I said a lot with few words. When I met you, you were supposed to die before you were 50 because of a poem you wrote as a child. I was 12 years old, and the last lines of the poem was, life shouldn't be deep, long, and thrifty. I think I'll OD once I'm 50. And you were convinced you were going to join the 27 Club. Even though I had done nothing, so there was really no way to join the 27 Club. But <laughs> That's I, relatable. I really wanted to be dead before 28, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen with either of us. About 10 years ago, well, let's go back further. About maybe 20 years ago, a woman came into my life, Luca Popesca. And I, we were, we became close. I cared about her deeply. And she was a sculptor and many other things. And she gave me two of the pieces that she had made. And we... We would often spend time with each other. She she came to my open mic as a regular, and then we started hanging out personally. And then I didn't see as much of her. And I was hosting my open mic. This was somewhere in 2007. And someone came up to me and told me that she had killed herself. And that struck me so hard. That affected me and... and in ways that I I can't I can't express, she did it with a with a shotgun, which is unusual for women. And there are there's hardly any days that go by that I don't think about her because I have her works in my apartment. I look at them every day, and you know I, I choose to remember the positive things about her, and not dwell on that there was this darkness in her that that I wish I had known about. I wish she had talked to me about. And maybe it was because I didn't talk about the things that, that I was feeling also. So that's, I'm doing it now. You know, I, I'm saying now that I have in the past and we've, I actually planned to do it once I was 50 years old. And there are, there are levels, you know, when you think about it and then when you have a plan, that's a whole new level. But I came back, you know, and I don't, I don't believe I would ever do it. I'm, I'm, I've come full circle and I'm going to talk about how in a little while, but I want to know, do you know why you're crying? What you're thinking about? If you want to, you you don't have to. to. Um, I don't, I don't like crying, uh, like, um, thank you. Ugh, it's a sexy sound, (laughs) transsexual sniffling into a mic. There's probably an entire website devoted to that kink. If there's not, there will be. <laughs> and you're going to code it. And I'm going to code, code that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Lord. I like, like, when I was growing up, I was always told, like, 
um, like, man up, uh, boys don't cry, and all that shit. And, um, me too, PT dubs, but go on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, in my family, we just didn't show emotion very much, unless it was anger, um, which took the form of, uh, grudge holding um and i'm i'm still like waiting to uh, like work out with my family um like how much that hurt because like i'm not allowed to bring it up because if i bring it up it's just me like like dredging up like opening old wounds because they've healed yeah but given that they've healed or whatever um it's not okay for me to talk about it because it's easier for them to um ignore my open wounds than to like reopen their own and like deal with that together um, God, I fucking hate talking about my feelings. <laughs> Thank fuck I have an appointment with a new therapist on Wednesday. Like, is this this is a long period between? Like, this is the first one, right? Between a long like how long ago was your last session? Probably October when my therapist, the stupid cunt, um, decided. That, uh, you know, I, I was being too sensitive with her, um, and being mean for calling her on her shit. She said mean? Yeah. Wow. Like. That's weird. <laughs> bitch, you don't know mean. You want to see it? Because <laughs> as soon as I open my mouth, you're going to want to kill yourself. And I don't want that for you. So are you sure you want to see mean? Um, and shortly thereafter, uh, I discontinued uh, seeing her. And um, she charged me a $75 uh, cancellation fee, which has like put me in dire straits now because I can no longer access um, my psychiatric medications. So thank you. Because Maria Gabrielli at Do Downtown Manhattan Psychiatric Group. You've made my life just so fucking wonderful. You're great at your job. She also wasn't trans affirming, right? No, no. She misgendered me a number of times and told me welcome to womanhood on more than one occasion. Even though after the first time she did it, I'm like, bitches, if you say that again... You don't want to know how I'll lash out. Um, Did she correct herself or completely unaware the second time? She was like, uh, the second time, I'm like, I just gave her that the death stare of like, you know, moms. Like, you know how moms have that look? I got really good at that look when I was a preschool teacher. Like, <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Because you know that fucking around like this you're going to regret it. Like, 
literally five minutes later. So think about it. Um, and then she just kind of like moved on. She's like apologized and moved on. But oh, I was like, yeah, I, I have bigger things to worry about than like cussing you out, lady. I'm glad she at the very least apologized, but still. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, I've been crying also because, like, reminding, get, like, just the reminders of, like, how many, like, how many of my trans siblings I've lost over the years. And, like, knowing that I've almost been one of them. It's a lot. I'm going to share something that I wrote, and then uh, we're going to have a song from Catherine, because we're already at the halfway mark, even with this heaviness. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, who is the only person you can be certain will be there as long as you are alive? Who knows what makes you sad and what makes you happy? Who can guide you when you feel lost? It's you. You have to be there for you. No friend, no family, if you have either, and definitely no hotline, will be the ultimate help to you when you're on the ledge. So leave some breadcrumbs when you feel well, or at least okay. Leave a path back to not just killing. I purposefully left out yourself to emphasize killing. Are you a murderer? If not, leave a note for yourself reminding you of that. That could be your first breadcrumb. This is one of the things I've thought of and that I've started to do. I've started a breadcrumb journal. Uh, and it's all just positive things that have happened in my life uh, that day. And today, I didn't write anything because there wasn't anything that really made me all that happy. That's unfortunate, but there are going to be days like that. There might be weeks like days that. Not there over. might be months like that. And the day's not over. But... Yesterday, I put two things down, and sometimes it's as simple as I had some tater tots. They were really awesome. Um, my cat, Allie, came and cuddled with me. Um, I, 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 took, I got my mom to her physical therapy apart, appointment, and she felt better afterwards. These are, these are the breadcrumbs. And, and when I was talking to my mother, I, I actually did tell her that I was going to talk about suicide on the show. And she's, like, really hesitant to even hear that. And, and then I told her the, the breadcrumbs, and she goes, oh, to lead you home. And I said, yes, that's right. Let's have a song, and then we'll uh, do a little, we're going to ask you for some money. just one of your many toys you don't own me don't say i can't go with other boys and don't tell me what to do and don't tell me what to say and please when i go out with you Don't try to 
change me in any way You don't own me Don't tie me down Cause I'd never stay song thank you yeah we were uh we were watching a movie or a tv show no or we were in trader joe's when it came on oh okay <laughs> <laughs> watching a movie the numbers <laughs> on the line 47 all right so we were in trader joe's and that song came on and 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 uh she was like i love this song and i was like i'm gonna ask Catherine to Saturday. and thank you so much for doing that it sounded fantastic <laughs> nah. Nah. My cat. My cat. Oh, am I doing coffee? I was not going to ask you to right now, but if you feel like you can. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> There's also paper copy somewhere about an event that's happening on Monday. I don't know where it is. That. <clears throat> oh. Should I read that too, or instead? Uh, that okay. first, please. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And if you'd like to sponsor this show, money would, would go directly to us and it would also be tax deductible. Go to RFB.NYC slash S. That's RFB.NYC slash A-S-S. <laughs> That thing makes me smile. <laughs> it makes me smile, too. Also, there's an event at Pine Box Rock Shop on Monday the 11th called Asking For It. 
It's uh, join us for a night of comedy and storytelling as comedians perform material informed by their experiences with sexual assault and, I guess, rapey experiences. Uh, the comics are Allison Klemp, Lizzie Cassidy, Christina Galston, Joseph Roberts, Vanetta Schofield, and Jen Welch. So do check that out. It should be good. It's 11. It ends at 11. It starts at 9 on the 11th uh, at Pine Box Rock Shop. Go. Go. Enjoy comedy. Uh, in in a in just a couple of minutes, I want to get back to things that actually do help, um, and get more towards a. Well, I think this whole show has been positive. I, I really do. Um, but this is going to hurt, Lucio. What I'm going to ask you to talk about. This is going to hurt. Uh, but you, you've been preparing for it. Uh, it is unusual for a person to take their life by hanging. Both Tara and Jess hung themselves. I can't imagine the images that are in your head or how you're dealing with them. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough. It's a pretty gruesome way to go. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Tell me what you feel. Um, I mean, there's always those feelings of like, I could have done more. Um, with Tara, I feel guilty that I had opened up about Jess doing it in that way. And I, I worry that, um, my, like, use. She, I have an eating disorder, so my nutritionist is somebody who I seek like emotional support from as well. Um, not just nutritional support. Um, so it's a part of the reason that I have um, have trouble eating, and um, I worry that by being so like graphic with her, that maybe that wasn't I triggered her. Um, it's really hard. I think a lot of people feel guilty. Like it's their fault they could have done something or they could have not done something. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything you could have done differently or mm -hmm. things would have turned out differently if you'd done anything differently and it's not your fault. Yeah. And if she spoke to a lot of people, she probably heard about a lot of things that could have triggered her. Triggered her. Yeah. And it's not from you. I mean, just know that. Because that's the thing, knowing that it's not you. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not like with Jess. Jess and I always talked about mental health, and then we, he had stopped talking with me about um, his feelings right at the end. And I, um, I sometimes think like if I could could have just gotten him to talk. Um, but you just can't. So, you know, you just can't like save people. We um, don't want to be saved. And with Tara, I feel, you know, everything she wrote in her note, you know, I agree with her. It's hard. Like, I feel similar to her that, you know, hope is just a late disappointment. But something my therapist said is that that's not hope then. Like, you haven't found hope yet. And, like, something to be hopeful for is that, like, hope is still out there. 
What were, what were they saying about hope, though, exactly? She said, um, because hope, hope is apparently is just a bad word. Disappointment. Yes, that's what she said. Okay. So, um, why is hope a bad word? Um, something about like, I can't really understand it. I was, I've watched a lot of things about so many different subjects and this was like, uh, vibrations, attraction, um, like the law of attraction type yeah. stuff. Uh, and it was that like hope is one of those bad words because I think it, I don't know, maybe vibrates at a negative or something. Okay. Like, I don't remember exactly. Something that, um. He was brought up in his show notes, but I'm going to bring up now is like, um, in like in Eastern cultures, they think of somebody who's mentally ill as a shaman. And, um, in Western culture, we think of it, um, very negatively. We, we really villainize the mentally ill. And so I think for someone like Tara, who felt like she couldn't, um, feel anything in a room, like she would, was afraid if she had admitted that in life somebody we would consider to have a personality disorder and there's all these um you know negative connotations with having that whereas um in eastern cultures they believe it's sort of like a medium to the message and that we are missing something in society and that actually society is sick and not the person and the person's having like a breakthrough um and is able to be a healer at that point um and because we villainize them because we're so unable to see how we are sick as a society, we, um, it's considered such a dirty thing. As you said, you couldn't get those opportunities if you had suicidal ideations. It's like, there's so many things that it disqualifies you from. Um, I've been kicked out of communities for, ha for having to go to psych wards after the psych ward, like they, out of a poly community in New York city and out of the Ross community, they were both, you know, Villainize me for being crazy. <laughs> crazy, quote unquote. Um, and um, really what people need is connection. They don't need to be isolated. And um, I'm very lucky now to have, you know, met new, some new friends through my eating disorder program. I Like I, this time around, losing somebody has been a little bit easier because I've had network a network um but i remember when i was very much alone and it was pretty much just like me and francis and that was a lot to put on you to have you be the only support when i was very suicidal when you thought you were going to join the 27 club or? yeah i mean it all came that when i thought i was going to join the 27 club also my friend killed himself right then so it was you know a lot was going on i and it was right when i got kicked out of like burlesque community and the body community that i like was in for many years um so it was like everything all at once so everything was all at once mm -hmm. and i was very isolated um very 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 isolated um and people were just very frank that they like you know didn't want to be around that like you know, that it's scary to be around somebody who has mental illness. And, like, they had never had a problem with me all these years. And then, you know, I had to go to a psych ward. And now all of a sudden they have a problem with me when I had, didn't do anything unprofessional. I didn't do anything to harm anybody. Um, you're just seeing somebody in pain and you're attacked. They attacked me. Um, the things that people wrote about me on the Internet, like, how is this helping? 
somebody who's mentally ill. What did they, if you want? Um, it's just so much. I mean, I'm I'm I was wildly hated for for a long time for like no reason. Sometimes people get really honest when they're quote unquote crazy, and a lot of people don't like don't like the it. truth. Yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with your story. Yeah, I know my friends yeah. have had that where they just got really honest. And that offended people, and then they were kicked out of communities because of it. I like spoke about um, rape before the Me Too movement on the internet, and people said that you're not allowed to talk about rape on Facebook. That that's not allowed. That it shows that I'm, you know, mentally unwell, and they don't know what I would write about them. Just because, but it's like I'm not writing about my friends. I'm writing about rape. Like I should be allowed to talk about rape. And yeah, it doesn't mean I'm in like, like. A fucking loose cannon because I talked about rape on Facebook. Well, loose lips sink ships, and up until very recently, mm-hmm. talking about rape meant you had loose lips. Yeah. Well. Yep. You don't want to bring gonna... down the good old boys. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta support your troops. So the number of times I've been sexually assaulted by members of the armed forces. Oh, boy. Not for me. I don't think. Yeah, nobody from the armed forces. Well, I was like working yeah. for the U.S. Department but, like, of the Army, white boys. and like yeah. we had to go through like sexual harassment and assault prevention training. And I'm like, fuck right off, Jesus Christ, y'all don't give a shit. Don't care, yeah. You're just trying to cover your asses. Or is it a reversed how-to, like in choke? Yeah. <laughs> like they're showing you how to create choke, like. The Chuck Palahniuk book that became a movie. Correct. I fucking hate that book. Really? Why? It's my least favorite of his work. I like. And I you love, read Rant. Yeah, Rant is my favorite. Okay. That but one was hard for me. That one is like really awesome because it, like, totally fucks with your head. Yes. Also, like, uh, Lullaby. Lullaby is a really rough one. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Which Lullaby. one starts on a train? On a train? I might be wrong. We'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway. On Thursday night, uh, Lucille said something so simple and so profound at the same time. She said, suicide prevention begins with all of us being kinder to each other. Correct. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people just think like, oh, that person needs help. And, like, the help they need is actually, like, starts with you. You know, they, they're just, and, like, they'll laugh at people being, like, they need help. Like, no, you need to give them. You start, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nobody's problem because nobody wants it on them. Like, I even went to a therapist when I was one, probably around my darkest. Um, and uh, then I found the therapist that I just recently broke up with that I'm probably going to go back to because there's nobody out there. This is why I don't date. Um, I don't even know where I was going. Oh, yeah. So he didn't want to treat me because he was worried that I'd commit suicide. And that how would how would he feel? Yeah, I have a psychiatrist. He means the liability, but. No, he meant like, I mean, I think he did mean liability, but he also meant like how. He then also told me about his college days. Like, I think he needed his own therapist. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. like, mental health <laughs> professionals get into the industry of mental health to figure out why the fuck they're so crazy. And I mean, that's that's why it's so hard to find a good fucking therapist, because they're all fucking crazy. I found a good Maybe. one, but I have to pay her out of pocket. 
Ouch. Isn't that always the case? The case. I fucking hate that shit. It's because when they're that good, they know it. Well, they also... And everybody she works with, like... So she's like, I can give you a nutritionist, but that, that person would also be... Her whole network is out of pocket. So everything she recommends to me would be out of pocket. So I can't, like... Deal you know, with her that's people. something I would like uh, to fix uh, real quick because my doctor should be out of pocket, but I was able to get a prescription or referral. I think it was actually a prescription rather than a referral for specifically that doctor from my primary care physician. That's a way around it. Yeah. Okay. So just know that mm-hmm. so that you can go to your maybe this will work for you. Maybe yeah. this won't. But try before you go out of pocket, try to get a prescription or a referral from your primary care physician that will then go through your insurance and then they will either accept or deny the claim and you can always appeal a claim you can always appeal a claim like a lot of my trans girlfriends go through this fucking hell where they're like yeah surgery is approved surgery is approved surgery is approved they get the fucking surgery and then like six months later when they're like oh yay my life is so much better because i had this gender affirming surgery they get a bill for like 15 grand yeah and then they call up the insurance company and the insurance company's like, well, that doctor was out of network. Like, why didn't you tell me this before? Yeah. And they're like, like one of my girlfriends had a nightmare scenario where like, they basically told her this doctor who was on this approved list of in-network providers was not in network actually because that was old information yeah. and it's up to the Ugh. provider to keep that up to date. Oh my god. And then And up to the the member to make sure yeah. to double check to do the extra work. And it's about on top of dealing with their fucking their problems. Denying accountability yeah. and it's like that's not what healthcare is about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I got a bill for one of my psych ward stays that was something like hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That might like no one ever paid it. It still went unpaid. Um, that I yeah. got it approved to stay, and then they the insurance never paid, and I'm not paying hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's what liability thousand dollars. That's so. what liability insurance is for. That's what hospitals pay for. Yeah. So it never got paid. But. When I was at my darkest, um, I I did get taken in a an ambulance, which is apparently like I don't remember it was six or eight hundred. Like it was a lot. Uh, yeah. Just to to go very short distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there was also the like the visit fee or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not fucking paying this. Like it was it was yeah. to the point where like creditor, um, you know, debt collectors. And yeah, like, debt collectors yeah, call me too. Whatever. And I'm like, no, fuck this. Like I didn't ask to go. I was forced yeah. to go. I didn't want to go. And like I didn't. I didn't order that cab like that was not my fucking idea and i had no insurance so i also got out immediately i lied to get out immediately i probably did need to be there but i couldn't afford to be there so while i needed the help i couldn't get the help and then just having gone there could have devastated me if i had even attempted to pay any of it because it was thousands of dollars and i was just like yeah fuck you i didn't want to come i'm not paying it i'm crazy so i'm gonna yell at you anyway yeah um, oh yeah yeah that's my favorite thing <laughs> it's very cathartic yeah i like it too <laughs> you can't stop me you know i'm fucking crazy i'll show you crazy and dark um and then they just they reduced it to like 15 or 25 dollars and i still didn't want to pay it because i'm like no fuck you exactly you ruined my goddamn day like mm-hmm. you f- yeah i'm still here because of it but like you fucking ruined my plans <laughs> fuck y'all Let's talk about what works. Here's what works for me. 
Uh, it starts with dealing with my depression, and I don't want to take antidepressants. So if I, I don't want to take those pills, I have to do harder work. Mm-hmm. I have to exercise every day. I have to listen to music that I enjoy. I have to uh, I have to expose myself to sunlight. Uh, <laughs> that's that's one of the things that that it is. that that works. But some uh, people do need medication. I will say some people yeah. do. Yeah, and if I ever I'm on get, medication. Yeah, and if I ever get to the point. Where uh, this is no longer working and medication is the only option for me, I will do that. I, I am fortunate that I go to therapy each week. Some people can't even afford a copay for therapy. Uh, for, 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 for them, there, there's, there's, there need to be more resources. Uh, and I think what you guys were talking about within the, with each other is a possible solution for that. And can you speak to that briefly? What we're talking about? Yes. So it was As about... a possible solution, like a, a, a different kind of hotline. Like what we did at 4.30 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the night via text. Yes. Um, Sometimes the best ideas come... Well, I mean, I have had experiences with Facebook that have worked and you know, led to people not making a decision to end their lives. And wouldn't it be great if there was a network or a social network that is specifically, but I don't know. I mean, we're, we're still figuring it out, but like specifically devoted to, cause it's not just in the crisis situation. It's like all like the way you think, just the words you use, the, like the, whatever vibrations you put, like however you want to phrase it, it's, it's all of that. And it's not just in that crisis moment to make a phone call. But to always kind of be on it, yeah. And like even, who knows, buddy system. I have no idea. We're still figuring it it out. But it is life, but it is, if if you are feeling suicidal right now, you have to start helping yourself right now. And, and it's, it, it, it's a lot of work. And whether it's taking medication or whether it's just Getting out of bed in the morning. It, like, if you're depressed, you don't want to fucking get out of bed. Force yourself out of bed. I do this now every single day. I don't want to get up early. But I've learned that getting up early has made a difference in my life. It has made a huge difference in my life. And and connecting with another person, that's really, really hard. But every morning, I, me and Catherine talk. Every morning, it, it, even if it's just for five minutes. And... I can't tell you how, how, how much that has helped me. And me too. Um, I think when we started, I would get up around 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then we really tried to like wake me the fuck up by like an eye-burning 9 a.m. I'm now up by like 4 to 6 a.m. Because when we had that conversation at 4 a.m., I yeah. was awake because I had woken up because I went to bed at like 8 p.m. And now I feel like I'm getting so many extra days in my one day. Yeah. If, if I do it right, like I've got like from that four to six could be a day, but like six to nine is definitely a day. Then like nine to 12 is its own day. And then 12 to two is like the early thing I would have done if I was waking up early in that old life. And also just like the sun, having access to the sun is really helpful. I used to be completely nocturnal and it's it's hard on you to not have the sun. The sun yeah. is healing vitamin d hi you, you have to do something you can't do nothing you can't 
And and when uh, when Juno first started needing to get up early, uh, yeah, damn right, I I, I gave wake up calls, and and I'm and really I really appreciate it. I know you do. I know. I know. I know you did. And and it helped me too. It helps me to help <laughs> others. And if that's another thing you can do, if you can help others, that will help you. I promise you that the the that kind of healing is is incredible. That's a fact, actually, because I didn't even realize that I was helping others. Like, I, I was helping others to help myself, and that actually helped others. Others, yeah. And then you feel better knowing that, just like you felt better knowing that you were down. And I'm like, hey, just so you know, I've been down, and now I'm not as down as I used to be on average, and thank you. Yeah. I hope that helped. Absolutely. Just, like, making, making a positive impact in someone's life. Yeah. And make a positive and start with your own life. Holy as well. shit, we got two minutes left. Mm-hmm. I would like to say if you have to go to a psych ward and you're in New York City, um, NYU takes everyone. I have had the best experiences at NYU when I was suicidal. NYU takes everyone. Yeah, they take homeless people. And they don't okay. charge them? Um, there's something on the wall that's, that I've read when I've been in manic crazy states. So I don't know all the details, but it, they will, will not turn anyone away. That's good. No. They including homeless. So also if you need to reach out to a complete stranger or you kind of know me, you can reach out to me. I will I do talk to complete strangers when I think that they're down. I've read status updates from like, "Hey stranger, I know where you are right now. Let's if you want to talk." Um so yeah, you can reach me. I'm Catherine Dunn on Facebook. I'm KDunn1NY on in Gmail and Trixie Pants on Instagram. And you can also hit us up at uh, artstarscene at gmail.com. And you can reach me. I've had a lot of people when I've posted about mental health reach me that I haven't known. Um, Lucille, T-I-A-M-O-R-E um, on Instagram. Um, Kristen Stadelman on um, Stadelman, S-T-A-D-E-L-M-A-N-N on Facebook and you can also reach me through our show scene if you'd like. And I want you to know, and it, it sounds, I'm just going to say it. You are amazing and you need to stay here to keep doing amazing things. And if you don't think you've ever done anything amazing, maybe think a little harder. And if you don't think you've done anything amazing, think about you still can. And if you're a transsexual, come to my show, Genre Reassignment, at... Uh... Metropolitan Bar, 559 Lorimer, from 7 to 9 p.m. This Tuesday, the 12th, um, we have Jean Thornton reading, and uh, she will give you life. Um, Yeah, stay alive. Show yourself some love. Start a breadcrumb journal. We love you. you. We do love you. you. It's worth it. Bye.